Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. While we believe the information in the show is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither Drake & Associates or Loft Financial Advisory Advisory Group accepts any liability for the use of the information discussed. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Before you start planning your retirement party, make sure you've got your retirement plan. You can never be too prepared for life after work, and we're here to help. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon and welcome to the Retirement Ready Show. This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, joined by Brad Allen this afternoon. And we got a really exciting topic. We're going to talk a bit about the golden years. I think they're called, uh, Brad, they're called the golden years for a reason. You know, some retirees travel, some like to spend time with their friends and family, maybe pick up new hobbies, maybe you're working on a garden or fixing up that hot rod in the garage. But I think, you know, one of the biggest things I, that surprised me in the years that I've worked, you know, pretty exclusively with retirees is that that transition from work to retirement, playtime, golden years can really be shocking for some folks. And it, it can even be pretty challenging. So want to talk about that a little bit today and talk about how to maybe work through that a little bit. I think it's a big fear we all have. Mm -hmm. How do we make that transition? Big question we always talk about. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? So, Brett, you know, what does it mean when you're talking to your clients? You know, what does it mean to have a meaningful retirement? Yeah, I mean, the, the transition to retirement can be a tough one for some people. You know, you've been saving your whole life and not touching these accounts, and now all of a sudden you have to start drawing from them sometimes. And we spend our lives working and saving, and then suddenly we're retired and spending. So that can be an emotional and financial fa financially harder uh, than you expect it to be. So my clients often talk about their desire to have a meaningful retirement, and it's important to realize that that doesn't just happen on its own. Uh, while your finances play a big role in your retirement, your life satisfaction also comes into play. You can have all the money in the world, but if you're not happy, you won't experience a meaningful retirement. So there are some steps that you can take now to make sure that your finances and your goals are aligned to really enjoy retirement to the fullest. Yeah, I think that's important. And, you know, we, I think naturally we end up talking quite a bit about money and finances and, you know, obviously that's the nature of what we do for folks, but I think there's this other component to retirement too, right? And, and so many people, you know, some people make that transition so smoothly, right? Maybe yeah. you have a lot of hobbies, maybe you have a big social network, but for a lot of people, you know, work, you know, is, takes up the vast majority of our hours and what we do in our waking hours throughout the day. And maybe that was also your social outlet. You had, you know, peers and friends at work and suddenly, not only do you not have that time filled anymore, but now you're saying, okay, well, before, a little bit less sensitive to the fluctuations in the market. You know, I had income coming in. I was putting money into my retirement accounts. Now, suddenly, the income stream is gone, right? But also, you know, I'm, t I'm potentially taking money out. We talk about that three-legged stool of retirement to create your income. It's what we call the income stool, and that's, you know, comprised of Social Security, 
That's why it's so important to maximize mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Pension, if you're fortunate, I know we don't all have that anymore, but if you're fortunate enough to have it and then your nest egg, and, and suddenly now you're, you're worried about the fluctuation and nest egg, but you're also taking money out right. without refunding it. And, and that fear about, you know, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? That all starts to sink in. And I think it's a common fear that folks have. And, and you're also going through maybe some emotional you know, challenges making that transition as well. So let, let's talk a little bit, Brad, about what people can do to make the most of the golden years. And it's something we talk about all the time, and it really boils down to having a plan. Yeah, and first and foremost, it's never too early to start a plan for retirement either. I mean, there are a number of reasons people put it off, and it often seems too far away to worry about. But when I'm working with clients, I tell them to visualize exactly what they, they want to do in retirement. Do they want to travel or uh, do they want to stay home? Do they want to garden? Do they want to work on the car? I mean, what do they want to do and, and will they move to a warmer climate? Are they going to snowbird it? You know, if so, the, the visual, visualization makes retirement seem more real and people are then more willing to start the planning process at that point. So a proper plan is also going to help you know, take the worry and stress out of retirement. A plan is going to project how much money you're going to need in retirement, how to invest your money and meet your savings goals, and then how to spend that money as well. So the problem is nearly half of American workers have not started planning for retirement. And for those who are saving, three in 10 workers do not know uh, what they're going to do or what money they're going to use or, or any of that kind of stuff in retirement. So at Drake & Associates, we offer a comprehensive report on retirement planning. Uh, it's the 360 plan. It's a retirement plan that, that goes through all the details that you need to think about. Inflation, rates of return, all that kind of stuff that you need to put in a plan. We put that in that plan. So it just gets the process started for you. You know what to expect. Yeah, and I think, you know, having that plan is so important. You know, everybody, I think we all see the scary commercials. You know, if I don't have X amount or I'm going to run out of money and, you know, kind of playing on some of those fears that we all have about the longevity of our dollars or what you and I might refer to as longevity risk, really boiling down to do I have enough? Am I going to be okay? You know, but it comes really down to having a plan because if you have enough income, then the size of your nest egg is a little less important. So creating a plan, understanding your budget, accounting for inflation, taxation, implementing tax strategies all becomes a really important part of that overall retirement income plan. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. And t this afternoon we're talking about, you know, golden years, why they're called the golden years. And, and for some folks, that difficult transition of, you know, really starting to think about taking money out versus taking money in. Is my risk tolerance appropriate? You know, have I taken all the steps to make sure that my income plan is there? And we were talking earlier, Brad, about that income stool and really, you know, boiling down, do I have a pension or not? You know, what's the best way to take a lot of different options? Do I do 100% spousal? You know, do I do 50%? You know, do I do no spousal protection at all? You know, then there's the nest egg, and we'll get into some, some challenges there. But with Social Security, a lot of folks don't realize there's 500 different ways to turn on Social Security. And, and I always find it interesting. I have to lean on you for the details. But Social Security was started, when was it, Brad? About 1935. 1935, okay. 
and, and help help me remember the details. In 1935, you could start Social Security at what age? You could start it at 62, but people are only expected to live till about 65. Jeez, so a so, three-year life expectancy. Right, right. So I think the challenge becomes, correct me if I'm wrong, but the challenge becomes folks are living longer and longer today. Some folks are having a 20, 30-year, 40-year sometimes retirement. And Social Security is, you know, experiencing some financial challenges. So the mm-hmm. question becomes, you know, of these hundreds of different strategies, you know, is there a strategy that's best for me in my situation? Yeah, you know, Social Security, they can fully fund Social Security until about 2034. Right around that time, it goes down to 79 cents on the dollar. And that's if they don't make any changes from now until then. So we've already seen some changes recently here. They, they got rid of a lot of spousal benefits for a lot of people. Um, they might just keep increasing the full retirement age. So a lot of people at 66 now, maybe 67, they could just say, you know, 70 years old is the full retirement age. So they're doing things, they're putting these steps in place to make sure that Social Security is going to be there later on down the road. Yeah, and that's important. I think the reason why you want to figure out how to maximize it, and remember, there's not right or wrong answers. You know, when we talk about maximizing Social Security, we're really talking you know, should I live to full life expectancy? That's a big should, right? we right. got to look in our crystal ball and maybe have a conversation. Is there longevity in the family? What's health like for you? You know, some of us know, unfortunately, tough decisions we have to have, or excuse me, tough conversations we have to have. But some of us know, boy, we're, we're struggling with a certain health condition. And statistically, maybe chances aren't likely we're going to have a very long life expectancy. Or on the flip side, maybe we have that longevity gene and, mm-hmm. you know, we're healthy. We're doing things to promote a healthy lifestyle. And I think, you know, what we like to do here is we like to, to at least plan for longevity. Yeah. Because if you plan for it, you know, you don't want to plan until 85 and then all of a sudden you're 92 because then you didn't do your job right, right? So you want to plan for that longevity just in case you do have it and you, you want to make sure your money doesn't run out. Yeah, I think that's important. And, you know, when you really boils down to being conservative in that income plan, we talk about it a lot. So when folks come into the office, whether you meet us through one of our educational classes or otherwise, we're going to create an income plan for you, no cost or obligation. But one of the things we always stress is, Let's use a conservative rate of return, right? I can put in a 15-year average rate of return, but it's garbage in, garbage out. There's not likely the amount of risk you'd have to take to achieve that would be just inappropriate for most people in retirement. And then inflation comes into play. Inflation's been sub-2%, frankly, for the last couple decades, but maybe we're better off using a 100-year rate of nearly 3.25%. Again, to err on on the safe side, then I'm probably overstating the growth of your expenses a little bit and I'm understating growth if I use a you know a minimal return of four or five percent but if we can illustrate a plan that works in that environment then we know we're pretty safe and and part of the social security is really educating yourself Brad I'm really excited you know this month in July here starting that we're going to have some great classes and we haven't done these in a while we've been really focused on the tax uh, tax strategy uh, classes but out at the Civic Center on Wednesday, July 11th and Thursday, July 12th. It's going to be real quick, in and out in an hour. We're going to start at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I will warn folks, I'll apologize ahead of time. We're not doing the Social Security talks as often, so they will fill up very quickly. So if you're interested, make sure you visit us at the website, wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. Or you can call into the office at 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226. 
And we're going to go over those different strategies, how to really maximize that. But again, for folks who come in for that income plan, Brad, we're going to sit down with them. We'll plug in their actual Social Security numbers with their life expectancies, and we'll walk them through which strategy might produce the, the most income. So we'll try to help them boil down from those hundreds and hundreds of different options which one might be best for them. So love to have you out there, but please make sure you register ahead of time. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon, and thanks for spending some uh, some of your Saturday afternoon with us. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. We have Brad Allen here today. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and talking about an important topic, and that's really how to really outside of the specifics of the retirement plan, kind of what are some bigger picture things you can do to really make sure you're ready for that transition? Mm -hmm. Brad, I think you and I have both noticed over the years, some people kind of fly into that. They glide very gracefully. And for some people emotionally and otherwise, it, it can be a challenge. And, and it really, if you think about it, is probably one of the bigger milestones in life and the bigger changes in life. Yeah, it's a com complete reversal. You know, you go into a different season. You, you're, you're, you're done working now. But with that, you know, come th some things that you have to think about. You know, when are you going to draw money out? Uh, when are you going to take Social Security? We just mentioned it. But maybe it makes sense to wait on Social Security because it goes up at 6% per year or 8% per year after 66 all the way up until 70. So maybe it makes sense to draw from uh, a 401k first, let that grow. Tax-wise, you're in maybe the lowest tax bracket you're going to be in. So there's all these different variables, all these different things to think about, especially those first couple years of retirement. Yeah, I think that's important for a lot of folks, those first couple of years in retirement, they may potentially be in a low tax bracket. In particular, you know, the income's gone. Maybe you're delaying Social Security for some reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've sat down with you, created a Social Security plan that, that has some delayed effects, if you will. So in those early years, we're in a pretty good position to maybe implement some what we call bracket bumping strategies, which is a really phenomenal tax strategy. If you're not familiar with bracket bumping, you really want to take a look at that because that can be a powerful way to really increase the longevity of your dollars and make sure, you know, when we talk about tax strategies, Brett, I'm not, I almost said I'm not concerned. I'm just not as concerned right now. I'm more thinking what tax brackets are my clients going to be in for the next 10, 20, and 30 years, not just this year. Yep. You know, and I think that's important. But, you know, in addition to that, you know, maybe it's taking money out of that 401k or IRA in the early years, even if it's just to supplement income, mm -hmm. right? I think also another topic, Brad, prioritizing savings can be really important. Yeah, if you want to achieve the retirement of your dreams, you're going to have to start saving as much as possible and as soon as possible. So an early start on saving and investing can make a big difference in how much money you're going to have at retirement. So for example, if you invest $300 each month starting when you're 25 years old and earn an 8% return each year, you'll have more than $1 million by the time you're 65. If you wait until you're 35 to start investing $300 per month, you'll only have about 440000 at age 65. So that's less than half as much as you wow. would have had had you wow. started a decade earlier. So it really just compounds over those years. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we say it's as easy as just doing a direct deposit out of your paycheck. You don't see it. You don't miss it. That $300 just goes directly into your, into your retirement account. And, and it just keeps building and building and building over the years. 
Yeah, I think it's this concept. I think we've all heard it, but it's this concept of paying yourself first. And that sounds like such a good statement, but I think maybe a lot of people get confused by, you know, what that means. And it's it's just the simple concept of saying, you know, I'm important, just like, uh, well, I guess maybe for millennials, the cell phone bill, right? right? Probably the most important bill. They're going to pay no matter what. I'm teasing a little bit. But, you know, the concept here is you're as important as that cell phone bill. No matter what, that $300 goes in. Mm-hmm. And, and, Brad, I know we were at a class a few weeks ago, and you did a great job talking about fees in a portfolio because that can, I mean, even for folks that are saving the same amount, that can make a big difference, right? Yeah, I looked at some numbers yesterday, and the average is about 1% that you're paying in, in some sort of fee, whether it's a 401k or some kind of retirement plan. And if you look at the numbers, if you're paying 1%. Now, and, when you say, just, just clarify for me, mm-hmm. Brad, when you say 1%, is that the total fee? That's the fee based off how much the is in the portfolio. So they're taking 1% off the top at the end of the year. And if you think about that number, that number is growing. It's compounding over the years. So that that 1% becomes a larger and larger number. It just keeps snowballing. And they said in this article I was reading that over a 40-year period, if you're putting money into a 401k, you could put you could be spending uh, over $500,000 in fees that you, you don't really see, you don't really know about. So fees really do play a big part. And it's as simple as just kind of going through and, and, and looking at what are the internal costs of the different funds. You can maybe look at an index fund versus a mutual fund and just kind of be your own advocate and know what you're paying. Uh, inside some of these accounts. Yeah, I think that makes a difference because if you can be effective with your fees, then I, I think that means you, you can you know potentially save quite a bit. I mean, why have so much going to the investment company? Right. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you talk about half a percent, point this, point that. doesn't sound like a lot, but we can help walk you through and show you the math that, you know, over a lifetime of investing, it can be just a difference in one percent or a few percent in fees can be double. Right. I mean, it can really mean double the difference. So, um, I think that's one of the important things when you're coming up with that retirement plan to think about. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Preparing you for the ultimate vacation. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. This is the Retirement Ready Show. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates on WTMJ. Great topic this week. We're talking about the golden years. Some of the maybe, I'll call them bigger picture challenges beyond some of the specifics of the numbers, Brad. You know, just what can we do from a high level to make sure we're ready for that pretty momentous, you know, transition or, or shift in life, if you will. And I think for some people, it really comes down to setting goals you know, being specific when you set those goals and, and having those goals can make a big difference. Yeah, you need to just put aside money for a, a, a minute and just go back and do the exercise I do with my clients. So write down your specific goals and dreams for retirement. Get as detailed as possible and make sure that you and your spouse compare those goals together because your dream uh, for retirement should not feel, you know, uh, just your own dream you know you should kind of meet in the middle there if you're if your spouse wants to travel and you want to stay home and read a book you know that those are two different goals you kind of have to meet in the middle so once your goals are are part of your plan you'll know exactly why you're saving and how much money you need to save so it's time to to kind of be realistic are your savings on track to meet these goals so remember a, a meaningful retirement depends on 
both the satisfaction you're getting from life experiences and the financial means you have to pay for them. So we always talk about, you know, before you get to retirement, try to save up that three to six months worth of expenses and have that because the same things happen in retirement that happen when you're working. The water heater goes out or the car breaks down. Yeah. You need that money so you don't have to go to your, your money in the market, especially if the market's down. You don't want to pull any money out at that time. Yeah, I think you have a great point, and I think that's why it's so important to consider risk, right? Because in retirement, you know, when 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 you're working, and let, let's look at your 401k for an example, and, then, and let's talk about that kind of 16-month period around 2008 where the market cut essentially in half. And nobody was happy, but if you're still working, you had the luxury to say, well, I'm not touching it, I can put money in, maybe even take a positive mindset and say, hey, the money I'm putting in, I'm buying the market at a discount right now. 40, 50% discount, and I know it's going to recover. And if you were disciplined enough to plug money in as it went down and at the bottom, you did pretty well. It took over three years, but but your money came back to even has made quite a bit since then. But, you know, the difference in retirement is we don't necessarily have the luxury on a month-by-month basis. Yeah, you know, the market's down. I'm not going to pay my bills this month, right? <laughs> if you're supplementing your income with your nest egg, that's where it becomes important to either have that emergency fund or maybe have some money that's at risk at some level and then some money that's in something safe. So if the market really is taking a beating, then you get to say, well, boy, I'll supplement income or I'll take my required minimum distributions from my safe account. That way I can let my risk money recover. So I think that's important. And, and Brad, we always like to you know take questions. I've got a great mm-hmm. question I want to lob at you here this week. And for folks who want to write in questions, we're happy to address them on the air. It's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And we have Jackie, it looks like, from Waukesha here. She wrote in a question. And she was talking, it sounds like a little hard to discern what she was saying, but she was asking about required minimum distributions. Mm -hmm. And is there a way to avoid the taxation on those? And I know you and I have been teaching a lot of classes about tax strategies and and stressing the importance of that. But how do you deal with that, that new income stream that is taxable in your 70s? I would say there's good news and bad news, right? The bad news is no, you can't avoid the taxes on it. But the good news is you can reduce the taxes on it if you do it the right way. And we talked a little bit about bracket bumping earlier and Roth conversions. The idea being, you know, if you retire early on in retirement, you're in the lower lower tax bracket than when you will be in your 70s because maybe you're not taking Social Security right away. Maybe you don't have a pension. You know, you don't really have a whole lot of income coming in. You're in a very low tax bracket. That's a good time to start drawing money out of your traditional dollars paying the taxes at that very low tax bracket and converting that into a Roth. Now, a lot of people get this confused. So a lot of people say, well, I can only convert $6,500 per year. Uh, That's not necessarily the case. So uh, conversions are different than contributions. You can contribute 65 while you're working, $6,500. You can convert as much as you want. You could convert an entire account if you wanted to. Probably not a good idea because you're going to pay all the taxes at once. Uh, but you, little by little, staying in the a low tax bracket, you can get money into a Roth so that by the time you hit 70 and a half and those required minimum distributions come along, you don't have to take as much out because little by little you've gotten money into a tax-free account. Yeah, I think that's important. And another great strategy we can talk about it coming up here this afternoon is qualified, what, what's called QCDs, right, charitable distributions. I think it's a simple tax strategy that a lot of folks aren't aware of. 
Also, if you're interested in a little bit more, learning a little bit more about Social Security, we have some great classes. We haven't done a Social Security-specific one in a while, but coming up on Wednesday and Thursday, July 11th and 12th, we'll be out at the Sussex Civic Center. Quick one hour at 6 p.m., you can come after work, in and out, promise mm-hmm. you it'll be nice and quick, and we're going to talk about those hundreds of different strategies. Have to register ahead of time. Visit us at wealthwisconsin.com, or you can call us at 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. And we're talking today about golden years, setting our goals, kind of some of the things we can do ahead of time, Brad, to get ready. And before the break, um, you were sharing some great strategies on how to really control our tax bracket over not, not just this year, and, and you know, I think that's one of the common things we see with some of the, not some, not all of them, some of them are, are great planners, but many of the accounts and, and CPAs that work with our clients, you know, they tell us, boy, my, my account's talking about taxes this year, mm-hmm. but there's not, there seems to be this missing conversation about what can I do to control it for the decades to come. And, and you know, you were talking about that bracket bumping and the Roth conversion strategies, but I think the QCDs are something that's also missed, and it's something pretty simple that... I bet affects more people than not. Yeah, uh, qualified charitable distribution. So uh, a lot of people are, are looking at Roth conversions up until 70 and a half. But once you get to 70 and a half and you are taking RMDs out, what can you do as far as a strategy? Now, you can still do Roth conversions at that point, but maybe it doesn't make as much sense. So the qualified charitable distributions are there for you to to put money into a charity or, or uh, of your choice and, and, and basically, you know, not have to count that as income for the year. Right. So the idea is you talk to your custodian and you say, I want to send this amount of money to this charity and they'll send that over. It has to come directly from the custodian. It can't come to you first, but it goes directly from the custodian to the charity and it counts as an RMD for you for the year, but it doesn't count as income. So that could really help somebody out who's trying to stay in a lower tax bracket. Maybe they don't need the RMDs. Maybe they give to a charity anyways throughout the year. And instead of taking it from a savings account, use your RMD to send directly to that charity. Yeah, and that makes a big difference. And I think when when people hear about charitable tax strategies, you know, sometimes they think, boy, I'm not giving away tens of thousands or sometimes even thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. You don't need to. I mean, for some people, maybe you're putting $20 in, in a basket at church each week. Mm-hmm. That's $1,000 a year. My guess is your church will be happy to receive that 1000 up front or right. at some point throughout the year. The big key, though, has to come from the custodian. Right. If you make the mistake of receiving that directly, then you're going to lose that tax benefit. You're still going to have to take the RMD. And this strategy may become even more important now under the new tax bill Thing. A lot of people have questions about, you know, how's this tax bill going to affect me? Because many people aren't going to do the long form. With that mm-hmm. increased, you know, standard deduction, a lot of us aren't doing that long form. So, you know, I think that's important uh, to consider some of these strategies. Even if you're only giving a couple hundred bucks away, why pay the taxes on it? Why not have that come directly from the IRA? Skip your required minimum distribution on that portion of it. Just seems to make a whole lot of sense for me. And Earlier, Brad, we were talking a little bit about prioritizing savings, and I think there's some things you can do with your tax-deferred accounts. 
Yeah, you know, you can take advantage of those accounts like your employer-sponsored 401Ks or IRAs. You can save up to $18,500 in your 401K in 2018 and up to 5500 in an IRA. So if you're over the age of 50, take advantage of those catch-up contributions as well. You can put an additional $6,000 into your 401K or an additional $1,000 into your IRA. So saving in, saving in these accounts will lower your uh, taxable income for the year. If you're saving both in a 401k and an IRA, consider converting one to a Roth account. So you'll pay the taxes on the money that you're putting in today, but that that money comes out tax-free in the future. So you just kind of, you want to put together a plan. Whether you're still working, you're not even close to retirement, put a plan together that says this is these are the accounts that I'm going to put money into for retirement. What are the best tax advantages now? A lot of people who are just starting out work, just getting out of college, maybe they should put money into a Roth. They're in the lower tax bracket. They're going to continue to, to make more money throughout their lives. But in the beginning, they're in a very low tax bracket. So putting money into a Roth. So no matter what period you are in your life, you have to come up with a plan on how you want to save for retirement. Yeah, I think that's important. And it really does come down to having that plan. And, and again, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, some, you know, financial topics. But I think another interesting thing is exploring new hobbies. And, you know, there's also that satisfaction in retirement. And this is a part I think... I didn't anticipate talking about as much when I started working with retirees so long ago, but maybe it's picking up and trying something new. A lot of retirees are missing out on the you know, social aspect that they got from working, and they find themselves bored, sometimes even depressed. So you know, consider volunteering or picking up a part-time job to stay busy. Some people choose something in the same line of work as their career. And, and some folks are just choosing something more in line with their hobbies, you know, trying something different or new. Another benefit of part-time work is the pay. Even a small paycheck, if you can find hours that kind of line up with your lifestyle, can give you a little cash to spend on the fun stuff or the social aspects of retirement, like dining out or visiting, you know, friends, going to movies. And staying active can also be important. You know, health care is one of the busy, biggest expenses. Some reports are saying, we're going to spend a quarter million dollars in retirement just on health care expenses. So those can be some great ways to deal with that. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Walking you through your retirement plan. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake. Have none other than Brad Allen here this afternoon. Talking about a great topic, Brad, golden years, some of the things you can do, you know, to really kind of prep yourself and be ready for retirement. We were talking about setting some goals and savings and maybe exploring some new ideas. But, you know, how, how do you know, Brad, or, or what do you recommend to folks about asking for help? When, you know, when do you need that and what are some signs that, that might show you need the need to reach out? Yeah, I mean, it depends. You know, when you're younger in, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, your goal is, is wealth accumulation. You know, once you hit your 50s, you start to shift a little more towards preservation. Uh, a financial professional can definitely help you through that decade of life. But there are a few questions you want to ask when you're working with a financial professional. So number one, are you a fiduciary? An advisor who is held to the fiduciary standard acts in the client's best interest at all times. He or she will only make recommendations that are in your best interest. 
Others uh, only have to make recommendations that are suitable. So the, the, the next question is, how do you get paid? That's a big one. So learn the fee structure. Financial professionals can be commission-based, fee-based, or might have an hourly rate. So there's a difference between you know how much you're paying different types of advisors. So you want to know what that is. There's no right or wrong to any of them. You just want to know what it is so you know what you're paying. Um, and then the third question is, what services are included? Are you looking for a holistic retirement planning uh, firm? Your financial professional might be able to help you out with things like tax planning, uh, retirement planning, social security strategies, maybe even Medicare and healthcare uh, type of things. So uh, is it holistic? Is, is everything under one roof or do you have to go a bunch of different places to get all these things done? So those are just some of the questions that I think uh, you should think about asking when you're working with somebody. Yeah, and I, you know, I really think just being your own advocate, for lack of a better word, you know, nowadays, there's some great tools out there like the Better Business Bureau. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no perfect organization, right? But you can go out there, see, have, have they had any complaints? You can go to FINRA.org. It's kind of a governing body of financial advisors. We have to submit, you know, and disclose any background information. So there's a simple button on that website, FINRA.org. You can click on Broker Check, and you can see people's uh, background disclosure. So that's a great resource too. see, you know, have they had clients that have had, you know, some penalties, or maybe they have something uh, legally or otherwise in their background that's been disclosed. And again, you you want to be your own advocate. I think it's really important. And, and to your point, Brad, it's important to also be sure the investment philosophy matches that of your financial pre- professional, you could be, you know, we meet retirees from a lot of different levels when it comes to financial education. Mm-hmm. Some come in, they're looking for that emotional relationship. They like the investment philosophy, and they say, I know nothing about this stuff, and I need to entrust somebody. And they're kind of interviewing different advisors, if you will, to, to find someone to work with. Other folks come in, and they have a very high level of education. Maybe they've managed it. We even have a couple of retired you know, brokers, right? But mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they've not in the industry, but they've done a great job educating themselves may have even managed their 401k and their investments themselves their entire career, you know, and for a series of different reasons, they decide in retirement, either A, it really counts now, and I, I don't want to trip and stumble because when there's no new money coming in, it would be a bad time. Or their spouse doesn't want them to sit on the computer looking at <laughs> the right. Well, I, you know, it's funny you say I actually have a retired stockbroker, and, and I tease him that, you know, that's the real reason why uh, his wife won't let him... Uh, manage the assets in retirement, but it could be, you know, fear of making a mistake or maybe there's a spouse, you know, I, I'm thinking of, of a particular couple and the wife is the one that managed all the money, really educated, really did a fantastic job. Husband just wasn't his topic, never wanted, never was into it. Right. And she's concerned about him. If she goes first, mm-hmm. you know, how's he going to handle it? So they began working with us years ago to begin that relationship. And, and, you know, I think some people too, just, they get into retirement. They don't want to deal with it. You know, they're just at a point in life, like you mentioned, they don't want to sit in front of a computer and maybe maybe they were really good at the investments, but, you know, they want to implement some of these tax strategies and things of that nature. So I think that's really important. I hope folks have uh, time to join us this month. Again, I'll apologize. You know, the we don't do these Social Security talks as often anymore, um, but we will be out there here in July on Wednesday, July 11th and Thursday, July 12th. We're going to be out at the Sussex Civic Center. And it's going to be quick, 45 minutes to an hour. We're going to start at 6. You will be out of the door by 7. And we're going to talk about Social Security. Brad talked earlier about the hundreds of different strategies. 
really important though because if we can learn how to maximize social security you know really get the most out of that income stream then we don't have to take as much out of the nest egg and that begins to answer that that's why the tax strategies are so important too right if we can take less out out of the nest egg because we're getting more from social security and then the amounts we take out of the nest egg, we don't have to pay as much because we're in a lower tax bracket. That means that nest egg lasts a lot longer, answers that question. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? So you can register right at the website, wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. Or you can always call us at 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. The preceding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Retirement Ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake & Associates and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.